This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thiefstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Finsider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. What's up, Dolphin fans? Welcome into a loaded Friday episode of Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. We have so much to discuss and not a lot of time. So before we get into all the news surrounding the Miami Dolphins, let me introduce you to the one, the only, Jake Mendel. How's it going today, Jake? Josh, it's finally Friday. I mean, I have to say, as someone who covers sports for a living, uh, up in the Northeast, I truly have no idea how to dress for anything. Yeah, I still, I'm... Super hot half the time. I'm super cold the other half of the time. I've lived up here for 27 years, and I, I still don't know how to dress. But, Josh, there's been distraction after distraction, mess after mess regarding the Miami Dolphins. And, and I thought this metaphor would be a great way to kind of define the state of the franchise a little bit. 
I go to the gym every morning at about six o'clock and I'm used to seeing this Dolphins jacket hanging up in the, in the locker room. I could I could tell that there was an aura that there was another Dolphins fan there. And it was kind of cool to see, you know, it, just, uh, it was like a sort of nod of, hey, there's more Dolphin fans going on here. But ever since the loss to the Jags, every day I've gone to the gym, that jacket has been replaced with just some bland windbreaker. And if the Dolphins aren't the bland windbreaker of the NFL, I, I don't know where we're at right now. They're absolutely the bland windbreaker. And I thought maybe you were going to say you could almost smell the stink of the Dolphins fan in the <laughs> in the gym next to you. And, you know, I said we only have a little bit of time to do this. I mean, even when we were getting ready to start, my daughter had to go to the bathroom. So we do what we can to put this thing together. But there's lots to talk about, man. And, you know, before we even focus on the Atlanta Falcons, there was some news that dropped this morning. Jake, why don't you tell us about that? Well, Josh. The thing that I think is so interesting is that when you're reporting about an NFL team, you need to kind of you need you need to state what you're stating and make sure everyone understands what you're saying. Right. You need to make sure anything can't be up for grabs for what is being said. So I want to talk about this. And I think it's pretty interesting that the Sun Sentinels, David Hyde, is reporting that Charlie Fry called plays through the first four games of the season. Now, on the surface, I can see where people are like, what, there's a there's a third offensive coordinator. What are those other two guys doing? Now, he says calling the plays. Is he calling the plays into Tua? We already knew that. We also knew that the other offensive coordinators were, in fact, choosing which plays to run. So this was a bombshell that I think we need to talk about a little bit. But at the same time, I'm a little confused here because just the wording makes it seem like it might be something we already knew. We knew that Charlie Fry was calling the plays into Tua. And that's what I kind of thought it was at first. And again, I blocked Dave Hyde a little bit ago. I made a joke about it, made a big deal about it on Twitter. So I stuck to that. But um, I had these tweets sent to me. And, you know, he basically said he doubled down on it and said, my source is saying that Charlie Fry called the plays throughout the first four weeks of the season. And then when Brian Flores was asked about it, he said, you know, it's a collaborative effort. He kind of tiptoed around it. So um, it kind of was a bombshell to hear that, you know, um, this all came about because I don't know if you saw Omar Kelly, but he said, you know, the Dolphins have coddled to a more than any quarterback that they had since uh, Ryan Tannehill. And I will get your thoughts on that because I think that's absolutely crazy. But the fact that they did bring Charlie Fry in here, a guy that, you know, had familiarity with Tua and then immediately, you know, allowed him to call the plays. I mean, that seems like a huge deal to me. And, you know, we can sit here and joke about two offense corners, but now this means there was three there, you know, three different chefs in the kitchen. And, you know, maybe a lot of the product that we see out in the field obviously has to do with maybe these guys just, you know, going back and forth and just too many chefs in the kitchen again. Why is this? Why is this a conversation we're having? Why is it that the Dolphins are such a clown Dolphins. show that yep, that we need to talk about who's calling the plays? I mean, the plays suck. I mean, that that's what it boils down to. It doesn't matter who's calling them. I mean, whatever they do, it's been pretty terrible, Josh. Um, I mean, I, I was tweeting about it this morning. The Dolphins have gone four of six games without a running back reaching 26 yards, Josh. This is just a team that Oof. doesn't seem to be doing anything right. It's distraction after distraction. I mean, the fact that Brian Flores, the no-nonsense, stone-cold Brian Flores, is now dealing with not only Watson questions and now it's offensive coordinator questions. I mean, why can't anyone just put their foot down and just make a move? Everyone kind of is so hesitant, and we're kind of waiting to see what happens. Someone needs to kind of stomp their feet in the ground and decide where this team is going. And, and that's kind of why I go back to the show we did yesterday where we said maybe the best thing for this year is for it to just end because, Josh, it seems like nobody wants to take control of the situation. Sim to the end of the season if we can. Yeah, right. I, I, yeah. I brought up the exact quote from Joe Shad. He said, um, you know, Brian Flores was asked about the Dave Hyde report, and he said, it's always been a collaborative effort. It's always will be a collaborative effort. So, again, he tiptoed around it. It did sound like after that, I believe it was the Colts game. 
Uh, Godsey's now, you know, the guy in the quarterback's headset. So, you know, maybe they did learn from these mistakes, but just to hear that, you know, they brought in this guy off the streets who never had any prior NFL coaching experience, if I'm not mistaken, and then you let him have final say and, you know, call plays is how it sounds. I mean, that's absolutely crazy to me. You did mention everything with the Deshaun Watson stuff, Jake. We won't touch on it too much, but Brian Flores was obviously asked about it today, like we kind of expected. And he said, I don't really get into rumors much. Two is our quarterback. We're happy with our quarterback. So, I mean, you really don't expect him to say anything else, but the thing that jumped out to me and, you know, it's been all over Twitter is he wasn't quick to, you know, he, he talked about rumors when Xavier Howard was on the trade block and all those rumors circulated. He's avoiding this thing. And it goes back to our show yesterday. Um, you know, it, why would you have this dark cloud hanging over your franchise if there wasn't some truth to it? And to go back to how people are wording different things, you, you mentioned Omar Kelly said that Tua is, is more coddled than a quarterback he's ever covered. First and foremost, why are we using the word coddled here, Josh? You're, you're telling me that building a team, you mean drafting tackles, signing wide receivers, drafting tight ends, that, that's not how you build a roster? I don't understand why why we're wording it this way, where it's strictly the Dolphins have tried to build a team that has synergy and it has fallen flat on its face. I mean, you mentioned it, I think, on Twitter. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, Adam Gase was brought in as the quarterback whisperer. Mike Wallace was his deep threat, right? And I think even then coddled wasn't the word we would use. Again, it's building a team and it just hasn't worked. I, I just thought this was weird, Josh. So, so let me get your thoughts. Yeah, Jake, you're going to be upset with me. I actually threw the word coddled out there. He used the word catered. So, I mean, either way you look at it, I mean, building the team around the quarterback that you drafted, I mean, shocker here, but I kind of went on a little Breaking bit of rant. News. I kind of went on a little bit of rant in our rundown. So, I mean, you covered most of it, but, you know, to sit here and say that, you know, trading up for Liam Eikenberg, who struggled, signing Will Fuller, you know, that's having catering. That's yeah. <laughs> continuity with Eric Studsville and George Godsey. I mean, it sounds like you're cursing this guy. And then he mentioned, you know, trading up for Hunter Long, who I had typed out and joked, you know, his highlight so far has been us all thinking he passed away on the field and he got carted off. I mean, he has done literally nothing. So I don't know how any of these things set him up. And, you know, it goes back to what I said, you know, the Dolphins literally brought in Adam Gase for Tannehill. You know, they invested all those picks in the offensive line. They brought in Mike Wallace. And they gave the dude seven f-ing years, Jake. I mean, we're ready to give up on Tua after 12 games. So um, I, I I hate that they that it went there, and I hate that we're even talking about this. But um, we're down and out. We're, we're down pretty bad now as Dolphin fans. And, you know, every day we're going to have something like this to talk about and to, to throw our two cents at because, um, you know, we see the beat writers are already turning on the Dolphins. We as fans got to sit here and, and stay strong and try to fight till the end. Yeah, my bad. I didn't necessarily see the David Hyde thing just to kind of push back on that again i still kind of why, why is nobody talking about the situation i mean it's it's just really stupid and then it just seems like now that everyone's trying to kind of put a light over this team and josh i gotta say this everything i tweet if i say something bad about anything that isn't the quarterback for the love of god stop responding to his fault you are absolutely <laughs> serving no purpose here and you can tell how annoyed i am at this by the sound of my voice because I'm getting yelled at to his fault, to his fault. I mean, years of listening to fans say blame Tannehill, which solves absolutely nothing. I'm just kind of putting statistics out here and you guys are making me lose my absolute mind. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. 
And now that we talked about that for the first half of the podcast, Jake, let's focus on the Dolphins' Week 7 matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. I think you have written down they are two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home against the two-and-three Atlanta Falcons. Makes no sense. We know the Falcons are coming off a bye this week. I believe they got the Bills coming off a bye next week. The all-time season series... The all-time record is the Miami Dolphins are 9-4 and four in the all-time series, and we know that they played back in preseason. So Jake, I don't know how you feel heading into this matchup, but, you know, last week we thought it was a must-win game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you can't somehow turn this around against the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, is this the rock bottom of the rock bottom? I mean, I, I feel like there's nowhere you can go from that Jags loss but up, but I guess losing to the Atlanta Falcons, would that not be a, another pillar down? I mean, we're in disarray. You mentioned the nine and four record, and I went back to the better days, right? Where it was week three of the 2013 NFL season, where Deion Sims caught a diving touchdown in the back of the end zone from Ryan Tannehill, and the Dolphins were marching on top of the world, and Good everything times. was wonderful. And here we are, all the way b- down in the pit that Bane threw Batman in. It's pitch black. We have no idea what's happening. And Josh, you're 100% right in terms of you can't really go up, but I don't know if we can really stay down anymore. It's like when you're playing Mario, each each day you spend in the fire or each moment you spend in the fire, you lose health, but you can stay in the fire for, for all intents and purposes. We got to start climbing out of this fire, Josh. And I think the Falcons, this is, like you said, the last opportunity, especially with the Bills next week, to really try to build some momentum. And I think it starts, let's, let's do it with the... Atlanta Falcons offense versus the Miami Dolphins defense because the Dolphins, of course, have a laundry list of injuries. I'll run through them super quick. All these guys were limited. Jacoby Brissett, limited with the hamstring. Malcolm Brown, limited with ribs. Xavier Howard, shoulder and groin. Austin Jackson, shoulder. John Jenkins, knees. Brandon Jones, ankle. Byron Jones, Achilles and groin. Greg Mance, groin. Jalen Phillips, ankle. Tua Tungvaloa, ribs. Preston Williams, groin. So, Josh, I mentioned about three, four different uh, defensive playmakers here, and I want to get your thoughts. I mean, I think if the Dolphins are going to have any shot in this game, it starts with making a a turnover or two, but the Falcons are getting healthy right at the right time. I mean, Kyle Pitts just had his best game as a pro over in London, caught nine of ten balls for 119 yards and a touchdown. Cordell Patterson, man, I mean, he's killing everyone, but he's a screams Dolphins killer, and the team is getting a healthy Kelvin Ridley and Russell Gage back. So, Josh, give me your initial thoughts. My initial thoughts is, you know, the recipe's there for the Dolphins to somehow lose this game. I mean, I guess the thing that gives me a little bit of hope is that Byron Jones, you know, is back out there. Xavier Howard is back out there. I mean, there is hope there. But, um, you know, this Atlanta Falcons team, I think, you know, on paper, they're better than expected. And like you yep. said, the way Corderell Patterson's playing, I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, if the Dolphins would have signed him, you know, in free agency when, or when they had a chance, you know, he was just off the streets. I mean, he never lived up to the hype. And now this guy can do everything. He's a pass catcher out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles. So I don't know how the Dolphins are going to stop him. And then I don't even think we mentioned Mike Davis. I mean, he's a freaking bowling ball. So um, I guess I'm sitting here getting hyped up for their offense and I really shouldn't be. But <laughs> I guess to me, Michael it's Michael Turner about- and Roddy White, man. Yeah. Let's go, baby. But I I mean, I guess obviously you got to pressure the quarterback. And I hope that that means more Jalen Phillips, because I mean, I think every week, week after week, you're starting to see him progress and starting to see him, you know, take on double teams and do all those things that a playmaking defensive player can do. So uh, I don't want to say here and, you know, say that this is the key matchup here or there, but I want to see the Dolphins get pressure on Matt Ryan, because as you know, with any good quarterback, you pressure and mistakes will come. Josh, this is going to sound super homerish, but but I, I'd like to get your thoughts on, on what I'm about to say here. And I was listening to the Ringer NFL show, and they were talking about roster building. And they were using the Rams as the example, how they trade all away their first-round picks. And they're using fourth-round picks to kind of get guys to play next to the Jalen Ramseys and the Aaron Donalds. And the reason why 
that makes life somehow easier for the Rams is because when you're drafting guys in the fourth round, you're not looking for the complete package, right? You have Aaron Donald, you have Jalen Ramsey. You just need guys who can do one good thing based off these players. So I've seen people getting down about Jalen Phillips, but I think it's important to keep in mind that the Dolphins are having him do everything. He's out there quite a bit. I'm not using that as an excuse. I think it's good that he's out there, but all I'm saying is he's going to take some lumps. I've seen some, you know, missed tackles, some wrong reads, but overall, I think he's been a uh, bright spot for the Dolphins. I think we could make an argument with how bad Mimes running backs are. Najee Harris would have been really cool there, but all I'm saying is pump the brakes. I think we kind of expected, you know, we go back to, we Jalen Phillips was already in the ring of honor and all that stuff. Uh, Obviously, it's not going to happen overnight, even though we said it would. I, I like the way he's playing, and I just think we need to slow down a little bit. So, Josh, when you think about how much is on Phillips' play as a rookie, how does that kind of incorporate to what he, how he's been performing? I mean, that's definitely why you're seeing a slow start. And I mean, I look back at what he did with the Hurricanes. I mean, those first few weeks, he was almost a ghost. And that was towards the end of the year when those stats really picked up. So I think with anything, the Dolphin fans just need to, you know, temper expectations. Shame on us. I mean, I don't even know that we ever mentioned his sack against Tom Brady a few weeks back. I know I wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about that. He made it on the elevator. But Jake, I think my biggest key to this game is obviously going to be stopping there you know, Hall of Famer, you know, he's already in the Hall of Fame, isn't he Kyle Pitts? I mean, he's literally an alien or a unicorn as they call him. I mean, who do you match up against him? You know, we thought Eric Rowe was that tight end eraser. We've heard that in the past, but, uh, you know, we saw a little bit of Byron Jones out there. If he's yep, healthy, there he's the guy. So, I mean, that's kind of where I'm leaning, but I always want to get your thoughts because, um, yes, they have Calvin, really, they have some of those dynamic playmakers, but if you can't stop Kyle Pitts, who can literally do and line up wherever he damn well please, I mean, that, that's going to be a long day for the Dolphins. And so I mentioned the injury report, but in reality, based on what we've been doing for the last couple of weeks, it doesn't matter what's happening. Um, I think there were a couple of beat reporters who said Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Preston Williams, and Devontae Parker, all of them were moving pretty well at practice. So Josh, to me, if everyone plays, uh, my fantasy island would consist of Kyle Pitts against Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, and Kelvin Ridley. And, and I think Nick Needham versus Russell Gage is actually in a very exciting matchup. Hell, if you wanted to try a Nick Needham versus Kelvin Ridley, I think the way that they both have that fast twitch where I think it'd be a really instinctive battle and that'd be fun to watch. So then what about Noah Igbenogany? I mean, we saw him play a little bit last week. Do you think there's any way that, you know, he starts to steal some of them Justin Coleman reps or start to find his way, you know, out there? Because again, I thought he was in position. He made some decent plays, but um, if you can't get your head around, you can't make a play on the ball. I think the key to remember with him too is, I mean, Marvin Jones, I'm not going to come out here and say he's Randy Moss by any means, but he is a consistent receiver who's always had underwhelming quarterbacks and he made some incredible plays. I mean, there are just times where I think you can be in the right spot and, you know, sometimes you get lucky, a player drops it, there's an overthrow. Everything was working so perfectly for him. So I wouldn't say Noah's performance was good. I mean, I'd still probably put it at a C minus, but it might have looked like a D just for the sake of how well Marvin Jones was connecting with Trevor Lawrence. True. And, you know, maybe it looked a little better just because our expectations are so low. I mean, I I guess we will see how far this coaching staff has started to trust him and whether or not he makes the field. I, I think we focused on the defense. The last thing I want to talk about, Jake, is it's, you know, first poorly as the Dolphins have been at stopping the run, or I guess statistically at stopping the run, they've been decent, you know, as far as the front seven playing Christian Wilkins, Sealer, some of those guys. So, I mean, I think they get a, a much worse rep because the stats aren't lining up correctly, but I think they're a little bit better than what the paper shows. You're completely right, Josh, and it's the key is turnovers, right? I think the Dolphins under Brian Flores have never really been a uh, shutdown defense. They've always been a team that can pressure you into mistakes, and the Atlanta Falcons are giving up 1.6 sacks a game. I think that's down to 1.3 over the last three games, and the Dolphins are only getting 1.8 sacks a game somewhere along those lines. So, Josh, you really got to get to the quarterback. That's something the Dolphins haven't been able to do. 
Additionally, Atlanta's offensive line has looked pretty good, giving Matt Ryan enough time to find these open receivers. So that's going to kind of be the key. I would love to see this defense do more of what we saw in the fourth quarter. That was the first time this year I saw a Brian Flores defense actually look like a Brian Flores defense. And that's sad. It's sad that in week six, you know, that's when we're finally yeah. starting to see this defense come along. So, I mean, you, they got to look at the mirror at some point. You know, Josh Boyer, Brian Flores, they got to figure out how to get this thing together. Hopefully it's this weekend. No, the mirror will break. If this Dolphins team looks in the mirror, it will break. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Yeah, the mirror will break. So hopefully they can figure this out and, um, you know, stop the Atlanta Falcons. Decent offense who coming out of a bye is going to be high octane and and looking to put some points on the board. Josh, when it comes to the Miami Dolphins offense, there is one thing I want to happen. It doesn't involve any trades. It doesn't involve any benchings. I just want to win and lose via our quarterback. I mean, the debate. I mentioned at the top, blame Tua for everything. That's the new thing. This season is so hopeless. I would rather have Tua failing us instead of wondering if he will ever succeed for us, right? And I think that's kind of my key going into this game is that the Dolphins are going to have to score points. I think this is going to be a gross, volatile game, really, where I could see both teams scoring upwards of 30 points. But even I say that, Josh, the Dolphins scored 20 points last week. It was the second highest amount of points they've scored this year. So I got to stop giving these guys credit. I just think that this game's going to consist of some turnovers. And I, I really hope they just let Tua be the guy. And it goes back to last week. I mean, we talked about before, but that's what was so frustrating. That fourth and one call. I mean, let Tua, you know, run a boot. Or put the ball in his hand in those situations. So I'm with you, Jake. I want to see the offensive line play better. I mean, I, I know we talked about Liam Eikenberg. That was that huge move everyone wanted to make. But I mean, I, again, you can only put so much into PFF grades, but he has been, you know, these last few weeks has been one of the worst ranked offensive linemen. And that's just not what you want. I mean, when you're sitting there using that as a, a reason that you catered to Tua and, you know, he's playing that poorly, there, there's really nothing there. For me, you also got to be able to run the football, and that's just something the Miami Dolphins haven't been able to do. Whether that's Malcolm Brown, you know, Miles Gaskin was in a doghouse. I don't know who needs to step up, but somebody does. Maybe Salvinok Med's turn, but you got to run that football and you got to allow Tua to use some of that play action to his advantage. So I, I don't know, Jake. I want to see the way this offense can truly bring it together and see if they can build on that because you mentioned 20 points. You mentioned some of those. I mean, Tua looked good again. I thought he looked very good, but again, when you're playing the what the second worst defense in football, I mean, it's not as impressive as it seems. So uh, I want to see some continuity. I want to see the Dolphins go out there and execute and look more like that offense that we thought we'd have with Tua opposed to the one we've seen over the first six weeks of the season. Tua's 329 yards last week was the highest for a Miami Dolphins quarterback this season. How thrilling is that? Uh, Mike Kosicki led the team in passing yards in each of the last three or four weeks. And Josh, I'm just going to say it now. I mean, if you're talking fantasy, uh, I'm, I'm going to steal yours too. This offense needs to revolve around two people, Jalen Waddle and Mike Kosicki. Everything else needs to be a, a, a side course. You know, the mashed potatoes, the corn. These guys are the main event in Tua's kitchen. And Jake, I mean, for me, it's Devontae Parker. If he can somehow, you know, be healthy and go out there and and add something to this offense. I mean, we have yet to see Tua with all these healthy weapons. We probably won't see Will Fuller for a few weeks, if ever again. But I mean, you bring Devontae Parker out there. You know, you got Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, Mike Isicki. I mean, those are the weapons that I want to see what Tua can do with. So um, someone needs to step up, man. 
And I think you're right. Every week we sit here and we do our fantasy picks. It just seems like we go back and forth. But what we've seen from Mike Kosicki, you know, over the last few weeks, what we've seen from the way when two is out there, the way he targets Jalen Waddle and just some of the creativity there. I mean, those are those two guys that you should absolutely be starting. And I got to be honest and pat myself on the back. I mean, I'm a homer. I'm in a lot of fantasy leagues, but I had Gasicki and Waddle in a few leagues and I even had two ago and some two quarterbacks. So you you definitely can't stack the Dolphins offense every week, but I I felt pretty good playing them too and and have them have the success they did last week. It's weird because I think we've yelled quite a bit that Gasicki needs to be more involved with the offense, but He's led the team in passing yards in three of the last four weeks. Uh, and he has 43 targets through six games and his 11.4 yards per catch is currently the second highest of his career. Josh, it's looking like even though the Dolphins offense is going to completely underwhelm throughout the year, Gasicki is on pace to have his best, best season of his career with not the high flying Ryan Fitzpatrick, but with Tua and Jacoby Brissett. So that's a little interesting to me. Um, and then Waddle, man, you, you mentioned it. I think there's just an easy way to move the football when those two guys are on the field, and it doesn't involve running the ball. So, Josh, let's get into it. Let's get into our predictions. Um, I, I can't see anything good coming out of this. I think the over-under is 47 points, which, you know, 27 to 20, it sounds like a very reasonable score for this game. So when you're sitting there at 12.50 on Sunday, what, what's going to be going through your head? What are you going to be thinking about at 4 o'clock? I'm probably just going to be staring blankly, just, you know. Yep contemplating why the hell 30 years ago I chose to be a Dolphins fan. But honestly, I, I think it was 27-20 your prediction? Because that, that was honestly the first thing I was, I was going to go with in no, my head. No, but, that was just like the over-under well, like, concept. I, I, of- I still can't. I still can't jump on that. So I'm going to say uh, the Dolphins are going to win. We're going to feel pretty good about this. You know, the offense is going to go out there and look awesome. They're going to look explosive. The defense is going to get those turnovers. The and Dolphins. Yep, this is what's – yeah, this is what's – Say more ha- about Jared Goff, Dan Campbell. This is exactly what's happening. So they're going to win 31-17, to 17 and that's going to be the Dolphins. The Dolphins, 31-17, a convincing win both offensively and defensively, and Dolphin fans are going to start to talk of, you know, should Chris Greer be extended, Brian Flores, should he be extended, you know, typical Dolphin fan stuff. Both of the first two years under Brian Flores, there was just a week where everything flipped. Even 2019, when they had probably one of the worst rosters in NFL history, they went on a tear. And I think there's going to be a tear at some point this season. I don't know if it's going to be three games at the end of the year, but but this is a Kickstarter, right? This is an opportunity where, you know, Byron Jones, Xavier Howard both come out healthy and the Dolphins really throw a heavy swing. Again, I can't really say uh, one in five teams is going to have a heavy swing, but I'm going to stick to it. I don't want to root for the Dolphins to lose. So I'm going to say something, that, some sort of crazy, like 34 to 30 in favor of the Dolphins. I know we kind of hinted at the kickers were going to be uh, the deciding factor last week, but but this one, I mean, I, I just think that these are two offenses that really want to prove that uh, they're making the right decisions. And I think this is going to be a big statement game for Tua and for that to happen, it, it really boils down to giving him those keys. You know, I don't I don't care if you think he is or isn't the guy, uh, but if you're calling plays, you, you need to have your quarterback involved. Uh, we need to learn more about this quarterback if we can succeed with him. And that's what I'd like the Dolphins to start doing the research on. We, do we seem as sad as it sounds? Because I'm sitting here listening to you talk, and I'm sure when I did the same thing, we're just sitting here like, it's are so we really sad, trying to man. talk ourselves into We're this? in and the Mario fire. So now, the the we... health circle is just melting. Yeah, so could we be honest though? If this, if they lose to the Falcons, if they is that the point where we can just you know hope everything crashes and burns and you know jump on this whole you know burn everything down, start over fresh, or are we going to continue? Oh, our memes are going to be no. Nobody is going to top us. I with do think, miserable dolphin memes. I, okay, right. I had to make sure because I do think we um 
after that Jags game or before it, we said, you know, if they lose this, it's going to be rock bottom. I, I want this whole thing blown here up. We and now we're sitting here. And we're like, dumb okay, idiots. 31, 17, baby dolphins are going to prove everyone wrong. So, um, I mean, that's who we are. We put on the, the shaded glasses and we come on here and talk about the dolphins every week, but, um, something has to give all defense is playing like shit offenses, you know, statistically among the worst in the NFL, please let to, uh, you know, give him the keys. Like you said, let him go out there and cook. I hate that. I always say that, but you know, give him the saute pan, let him go out there and cook up that, you know, Sunday special that you're, you're having for brunch, do whatever you can let to go out there and, and try to win this game. Cause you're doing yourself no favors by holding him back. And if that Sunday brunch, it tastes no good. We can send it back. I mean, maybe not this year, tastes, but there's yeah. always the opportunity to send it back. If it tastes no good, we'll hear the rumors. I mean, we're Sunday morning. Glazer's going to have a rumor about how the Dolphins, you know, um, FaceTimed Deshaun Watson or some crazy, stupid shit. So <laughs> hate that we're here, guys, but rock bottom. We're at rock bottom. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a little miserable. It's not fun. I mean, there was past seasons where things got ugly and I continued to wear, you know, my Dolphins windbreaker, my Dolphins hat. This year has been a little different where I haven't even been doing that. I mean, what this team's doing on the field is a shame. The distractions off the field, whether it's in press conferences or rumors, has been a real shame. I mean, Josh, this was a team that if you told us at the beginning of the year that the team was going to be five and one, we'd believe it. And here we are with that reverse record. And again, big dumb idiots. But guys, like I said, thank you so much for joining us. Josh can be found at Twitter at H-O-U-T-Z. I am at jmendel94. We'll talk to you Monday or Tuesday. Please, Dolphins, give us something to be happy about. Please let you a cook. Fins up, baby. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Cause we're the Miami